Would you like to pick a message from the tea badge? Sure, let's go. To see what you get. You gotta be intuitive with it. That's for sure. What resonates with Ian? <laughs> no, that's a crystal. Felt like paper <laughs> at first, but. What fell? Two. Oh, you got a butterfly. Oh, a butterfly came out too. How okay. much stuff do you have in there? <laughs> Butterflies, crystals, tea messages of inspiration. Yes. All right. Breath is the voice of your soul. Mm. That's a powerful one because my breathing has always been horrible. That's right. <laughs> um, I've been working on it, but... Do you want to get a little more into it? I know you've said that you're trying to break a five on a mile. Is, yes, am I saying breaking, that right? Yeah, breaking five minutes on a mile. <clears throat> so 4.59 or less, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I have asthma. I had asthma my whole life. I ignored it. Well, had that medication, that stupid machine. They put a mask on me, and it just makes a lot of noise for a really no obnoxious period of time. <laughs> And I started doing cross country in, I believe, eighth grade, and I was just sick every day. I had to come home. I had asthma from running, and I had to go on this stupid machine. And I got to the point, and I'm just like, I'm not doing it anymore. So I stopped going on the machine, and I started going to cross country and kept running and came home, had an asthma attack, had some dinner, took a hot shower, went to sleep with the asthma attack, <laughs> woke up, did it again, repeat. And after doing that for, you know, a period of time, my lungs ended up getting stronger because they didn't have the reliance on the medication. So I'm not here to, I'm not going to diss, you know, medication or anything. It, it yeah. has its values and I'm not going to say that it doesn't or it's useless or to stay away from it or to not take the advice of a doctor or medical trained, trained medical profession. Not any of that. <laughs> not but, here, not here. You know, but, I did. Yeah. Uh, my asthma, I didn't have an asthma attack for 10 years That's because um, I strengthened my lungs and then, you know, a lot of other stuff happened and I fell out of exercising and my lungs got weaker and my asthma started coming back. So, but either way, like I, my lungs had always been weaker than the average person. Mm -hmm. I remember in my anatomy class, we did the breath thing. It like shows how much oxygen you're able to like exhale and there was a woman there in that class who she's been a smoker for, you know, years, 20 years, whatever. She was older and she's she smokes like a pack or two packs a day, whatever it was. And she was her lungs had more strength in exhaling than mine did. And I, that was when I was at my peak fitness, too, when I was training for the Olympics. It's crazy. So, like that was when I hadn't had an asthma attack for years now at that point. That was when I was. Um, you know, able to run like 10.5 on a hundred meter dash or, uh, and run like a, like a 545 mile on the hills. Like this was when I was at my top fitness and this woman who was just a regular smoker had, you know, stronger lungs than I did. I admire that you didn't let like it affect your outer world. I feel like you're a very overall fit person and for the most part, if someone has a condition like asthma, I feel like sometimes they let themselves 
um, not explore things because they feel like they wouldn't be able to perform like mm. an average person. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. There's at the um, at the gym that I just started going to, uh, which we might talk about later. Um, one of the guys, you know, I, I told them the one of the guys who works there. I told them about my goal to break five minutes on a mile, and he's just like, "Well, what, where are you at now?" And I, I tell him, and he's just like, "So wait, you, and you have asthma, and you're trying to do that?" And I'm just like, "Yes." <laughs> yeah. And I want to climb Mount Everest. You know, there's a lot of things that I want to do. That hey, of I, I don't. Um, you know, even when I um, even when I fell while rock climbing and dislocated my ankle. And I was in a boot for like six weeks. I was still hiking with the um, the individuals that I work with, which you know, special needs individuals. Um, I was still doing hikes um, somewhere between two and seven miles a day with crutches. So at the end of the six weeks of you know not re- having the boot and whatnot, um, my armpits were completely black and blue, <laughs> like oh, for wow. so long, um, because yeah, you know crutching and my crutches broke several times through the hike as well so i'm still cr- like half crutching and the the suction cup wasn't on the bottom so the freaking crutches sinking into the <laughs> oh my god it gosh. was a nightmare and i did like That's... two miles like that <laughs> so it was um it was an experience for sure i don't plan on you know yeah. having that injury again but um yeah that's that's amazing you're only really uh in, in so many ways in life you know obviously exceptions that's right but Um, but we're only limited by ourselves that's exactly what i was gonna say it is true uh i feel like our minds are stronger than what we think and sometimes we let ourselves believe that we can't accomplish the things that we can actually do yeah sometimes because it's hard or because it hurts yeah you know me running um i guess the perfect example is after i did um very powerful spiritual journey into the mountains um it was it was powerful it was you know i was fasting for about 88 hours and i was hiking 15 miles or so through the mountains over the course of three and a half days with a third of my body weight on my back my back was sore as hell by the end of the time (laughs) and i come back and i get back to my car after the three days of hiking and doing all this stuff and put it all in the car and I'm just like I think I'm gonna go to Hessian Lake and uh, run a mile and that was the most painful mile of my life my throat was burning it was everything was just shot I was also a bit dehydrated too you know I uh, towards the end of my journey I started running out of water as well so it was it was a lot and you know making those improvements moving towards becoming your best self in all these different areas um physically mentally emotionally uh connecting spiritually it's not always easy um becoming your best self is never really an easy thing and something that yes physically has been something that i excel at but the um the mental and intellectual side is something that i'm still to this day struggling and that that's more painful to me sometimes yeah forcing myself to sit down and read um sometimes 20 pages for for half an hour or whatever it is and um you know i need to because i have a book that i wrote in high school that um that was you know purely entertainment purely and now going into my spiritual journey i see how much relation that book had to my life 
and I want to rewrite that book and try to get it published and have it tie into like a spiritual journey so that people can connect to it and like be entertained and amused by it. Yeah. But also so that they can, you know, find their help. It can help them find their own path and they can have their own um, sparks or their own realizations from the book. So it was somewhat tied to uh, religion in some way, the Bible. I've never been religious um, or with any specific religion, but for whatever reason, it was tied to that. Um, so I, I have to read the Bible and that's just like something, just getting myself to sit down there and really read the Bible and then tie it into all these different things. And now, like I said, after going on my own spiritual journey and still going on it, it's the more I realize that that is tied to me and my life experiences. And now just adding these life experiences to that book to kind of really help bring people into this path, this journey. Um, to really, you know, move the world in a better direction in so many different ways. I love that. I think this was a perfect way to introduce yourself, Mr. Ian. (laughs) So, hi everyone. Welcome to the Butterfly Analogy. I'm sitting with my good friend Ian that I actually met at a sound healing session. Do you remember? Was it specific to sound healing? I feel like it was like a, a sound healing group Reiki, light language... It was a lot of different things, but it was amazing. <laughs> it <laughs> I was. recommend it. <laughs> yeah, with um, our good friend Brittany. I actually yes. recorded with her last time. So you guys will be seeing that episode before this one. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was amazing. I, yeah, she's great. She's uh, great. I actually did a, um, a private Reiki session with her, and it was really powerful. She's she's really an amazing individual so yes and i know you're starting to dive into the world of reiki as well uh yeah i have to do 10 sessions and then you know my mentor is going to certify me once i have feedback from 10 different people so i actually might do reiki on her as well yeah, me too. do an exchange <laughs> yeah. um so now i'm like bouncing around in all these different places and doing reiki on different people so yeah you know i want to kind of move in that direction as well and be able to do reiki and um there's so many different things sound i just got certified to be a sound healer um with one of my friends carissa so that was a really powerful session and now i'm going to order my you know sound bowls and sound tools and stuff like that. I'm also looking into classes for like vocal sound healing because something that has stuck out to me, yes, the sound healing bowls are so powerful and like they take me to a whole different trance level, but just the angelic kind of tone and voice, I feel like everyone's able to have a voice and able to really sing, but some people gravitate towards it naturally, similar to, you know, physical. Some people have to struggle to get there that's not my case. I struggle in the intellectual world more. Yeah. So, or I did, you know, I'm, I'm overcoming that hurdle. And I had that, uh, I had my own disabilities when I was in school that I had to overcome, um, you know, special needs classes, stuff yeah. like that. Do you feel and like that's kind of pushed you to go down this career route that you've taken or? Um, no, it was just fate, I guess. At the time I was unemployed for a little bit. And I, I didn't take unemployment, but, you know, I could have. Yeah. I, it's just something that I feel was urgent for emergencies. And I've always been someone who prepares for situations. So I save, I have an account for this, I have an account for that, and I have an account for this. And I try to, you know, best prepare myself for every situation. 
unfortunately, some of my emergency count goes to a speeding ticket occasionally. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so I try not to, or even yeah. to stop like camera ticket. Um, but, you know, those. now I'm really trying to stop wasting money on stuff like that. Yeah. You know, it, it's happened. I've learned from it moving forward. But so I didn't feel the need that I was in that emergency situation where, like, I need to go on unemployment. But my sister worked for this. Um, she did this for, had, had been doing it for a couple of years. And, you know, she kind of introduced me to it and I started coming into it right as COVID started hitting. So that was a trip in itself, but it also helped me to um, build up more people um, because a lot of, uh, I guess, the DSPs, direct support professionals, people um, who were doing it, you know, they were struggling too because they didn't want to do virtual or they couldn't do virtual or some of their people didn't want to do virtual or because of the pandemic, they didn't want to meet in person with their people. Yeah. So there was a lot of openings and I came in and I, I filled a bunch of different places and I was working with seven people and that was overwhelming. Now I'm set with five and that's that's good. I have this set schedule. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was more just fate that kind of brought me into that. And now I'm moving into this direction where I want to help people heal in the ways that I've been healed whether it be through sound healing, you know, I'm trying to stick to the things that have resonated with me the most because then I'll be able to have the most impact on others. So sound healing, um, Reiki, maybe somewhere down the road, acupuncture, I'll even try to learn. (laughs) Um, And yeah, there's just so many different ways to go about it. So. It's true. And I know that your spirituality has kind of opened you to taking little adventures here and there, like you're hike that you took up that mountain yes remember i know that was something very powerful for you and you shared it with others and they kind of have questions surrounding the journey too yeah just as i do um so the first question i guess is what really brought you to do that hike (laughs) (laughs) so um you know an issue or a you know, a, a situation came up within um, within a relationship, and it really highlighted my, um, I guess, my struggles with attachment and how I had, you know, had some attachment issues. And it, I, I, I did um, over the course of three weeks. I had done so much healing and so much. I was it was like felt every single day. I was at a different healing event or doing this or doing that and trying to expand myself and starting a mentorship and then trying to start another mentorship and doing psychic surgery and shamanic extraction ceremonies, all this different stuff. Yeah. Um, and I had these deep healing, but, you know, it still highlighted that, you know, I have these uh, attachment issues. I have this sometimes, you know, almost addiction to going onto the social media and wasting my time. Um, and, you know, we're checking your phone and the text and constantly keeping busy on this thing that can be really a beautiful device like it can be a thousand dollar device but people can use it to make millions off of it at this point that's true um and i didn't res- i don't respect that too much or i hadn't respect that i'm starting to get into that world where i do respect that more but still i had these attachments where i was allowing you know maybe my relationship or how my relationship was going or how my friendship was going or how this was going or um, you know, what's going on on social media and getting distracted by all these different things or letting it bring me down in some way that I wasn't getting done or doing the things that I was supposed to be doing. So to do that or to, you know, overcome that, I felt this desire to get away from it all. 
um, by myself alone for the first time. I never had gone camping before. <laughs> I had only set up a tent actually twice in my life before that, and it was only right before that. <laughs> um, so this, you know, that whole journey, it was, it was a calling to, you know, help me heal with my attachment issues and kind of, um, you know, further step into my own power, further expand myself spiritually, see, see what I can get. I ha- I went into it with no expectations. I'm not thinking that, you know, I'm going to levitate into the sky yeah, during a full moon and what have you. <laughs> um, I, I went in with no expectations and, you know, I came out of it feeling, uh, very, very healed, um, in some ways and very sore in other ways. Of course. Um, but it, yeah. it was very powerful and I had some of my most powerful meditations there. I felt like I was taken to just completely different levels in other way, in so many different ways. And I, I think, I feel like it was necessary and I feel like it's definitely something that I will do again down the road for myself, as well as I want to be able to help other people to do something similar. Cause it is something, a, a lot of people, no one, well, no one supported me in, in doing this. Yeah. You know, my family thought I was going to die. And that was before they knew that I was going to be fasting for 88 hours throughout this physical endeavor. How do you feel like that kind of helped the meditation and everything else a little bit more? Do you the, feel like it went more in depth because of the fasting or? So my meditations, I've started fasting more frequently you know, here and there, um, and slowly have been increasing it. But of course, the longest fast was when I was doing the most physical of 88 hours. <laughs> um, but what fasting has so many amazing benefits. And um, one of them for me is it helps to detach from the physical world. Mm. You know, obviously, we have food to survive we drink water to survive and yeah um that's obviously a thing so having you know that distance from it for me helps me to connect more spiritually so going being so physically active and having that you know not the reliance on the food and not the temptation of the food it brings me to like a different state within my meditation where i'm really able to connect deeper within myself Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, the more that you detach and distance from the physical realm, the, I feel like the more connected I become within, you know, my higher self. Yeah, of course. So I think that definitely played a role in the, the power of the meditations. I think that there were a bunch of things that played into that (laughs) with this, uh, with that whole experience. So, I mean, in a sense, detaching yourself from the food also symbolized detaching yourself from like any outward extension of attachment does that make sense like you were talking about how sometimes you felt like you were eager to get to your phone or you were eager Mm. to get to these other things so i think it kind of was symbolic in a way too i don't know if you kind of saw it in that way but that's how i perceived it Mm. well it was a bunch of things so i had my phone on me and um before i started i i had deleted all of the apps you know, I deleted the, the Instagram. Yeah. Um, I deleted the Facebook. I deleted my, my Spanish app because that thing gets annoying and constantly sends me reminders <laughs> to, oh, I have to practice Spanish today. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I deleted my email. I deleted everything. 
um, because I knew that there might be an instance where I might have to turn my phone on, glance at a map, and then I would shut my phone. And I did, you know. There was one time specifically on the first day. Mm-hmm. The first day, of course, it was pouring, and, oh, which made, made my family even more nervous about me going. Just like, oh, you know, you could cancel it, you could shorten it, and maybe you could come the next day. Yeah. And, um, you know, maybe you don't want to do it in the rain. And I'm just like, you know, this, this kind of makes me want to do it more. Of course. Um, I mean, when you're told you can't do something, it kind of makes you want to do things. So. Well, more so just the, like I've always loved the rain. It's always been pretty symbolic for me. Everyone has a different experience. A lot of people feel, oh, it's yeah, it's a lazy day and it's a movie day. And yes, yeah. I do love watching movies on rainy days, of course. But, you know, it's also just a really powerful day. I think rain symbolizes so much. It symbolizes, you know, rebirth, and gives life to trees, plants, grass, mm-hmm. everything, waters, everything. Um In fact, yeah, it used to. There was a time it used to water us, you know, before we had all this running water and everything. We would collect water from the rain. Um, So water has that aspect to it. It has Mm -hmm. the aspect of just, you know, restarting and just washing away fresh starts. Like I get so much out of it. And um, it feels like if I when I do my if I do my runs in the rain, it's like I have a endless amount of energy. It feels like because I'm constantly being replenished or refreshed or cooled down. That's true. So there's just so many different benefits to the rain. So when yeah, you know, I was a little concerned. Obviously, all my stuff is gonna get wet. And like, yeah. So there was that, of course. But I feel like it would only make the journey more powerful. Mm-hmm. And it did. So. doing it I was just hiking and it was starting to get dark you know raining so clouds obviously makes the sun disappear a little faster or get darker True. so I'm just like all right I, sh- I feel like I should have hit this place by now the it's like the shelter where you set up your tent and whatnot I'm just like I really should think that I should have hit this place by now so I, I turn on my phone and I look at the map and I'm just like ah. Oh. Oh, I thought I saw a sign there. All right, so I got to turn around. Then shut my phone off. That was it. Um, I had almost no concept of time for the extension of the whole three and a half days. How did that kind of feel? Like, what thoughts did you have at this point in time? Or um, I was having the time of my life, honestly. Yeah. It was fun. I didn't really, you know, I wasn't thinking about too much of anything on the outside world. It's just like I wasn't thinking really about my job. I wasn't really thinking about, you know, my relationship or my family or really anything like that. I'm just like, hmm, I should stay here longer. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) In some ways. And it's like it's so quiet and peaceful and, you know, I'm, I'm connecting with nature and I just feel limitless, powerful in so many different ways. I'm going for four, almost four days, no food. And... I thought about food for me or I was hungry for maybe 15 minutes of that whole journey, even though I was doing so much physical, you know, exercise. And so, you know, I found the map and I turn around to go back to the shelter and I'm going down the hill now and I fall (laughs) the first day. And I thought I was done. And, um, you know, I'm carrying a third of my body weight. So I was weighing around 165 ish, 167 at the time I had 55 pounds. I weighed it. 55 pounds or so on my back so I'm weighing over 200 now and I've you know rolled my ankle and fell down a little bit yeah. with all the stuff on my back and I'm just like oh crap did I just break my ankle that would really suck 
so I sat there for a second and I'm looking at it and I'm just like, all right, it hurts a little bit, but it looks straight. It looks so, straight. <laughs> it looks straight. And it's a little bit dark, but it looks straight. I think I'm good to okay. go. So, you know, I put my water bottle back in my bag and I, I continue and then I get to the shelter and I'm just like, you know what? I'm staying under the shelter. I'm not setting up my tent in the rain. I'm soaked. I'm just staying under the shelter for tonight. But yeah, so yeah, it was powerful in so many different ways. I think, um, was it? Did it help you self-reflect at all on as to why you kind of notice these attachment issues within your relationship or to other external things? Um... Well, now it's funny that I'm having... I didn't even think about the attachment to the external things. I was thinking about attachment to other things, but that's a whole other realization that you just gave me. So thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. But with my, you know, my relationship and whatnot, yes. And it was something that I realized in in my three weeks of when I was doing a lot of really deep healing and different different healing events, activities, and whatnot. Um, And, you know, I'm not... I don't throw blame and I don't be like you know oh terrible people and all this kind of stuff you know obviously we're all on this journey this is you know our first experience in this life that we're you were it's all a test run for everyone oh yeah yeah um so you know for mistakes that are made or what happened no one's perfect and you i don't blame anyone for it so um yeah but with the way that i i guess i was raised it was like a helicopter. It, it felt like almost like a helicopterish parent. Yeah. Where, you know, when I would do things, it would have to be like, oh, who are you going with? What are you doing? Who was there? And this and that. And like a lot of, like, feel like a, almost like an interrogation. Yeah. With everything that I do. And it even followed me up, um, you know, even to, till recently. It was like with my, uh, my mom specifically. Um, not that, you know, I blame her for no, it, of but course. but this is my thing. But the reason why I ask is because, you know, as men, I feel like sometimes we don't let ourselves be self-aware. Mm. And without being self-aware, you can't really lead yes. to, like, a transformation. Does that make sense? Yeah. So with, um, you know, with having that, that was the love that I grew up with. Yeah. And... Because that was the love that I could, maybe I didn't necessarily like it. No, I didn't like it, actually. It was kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah. um, but because yeah. that was the love that I grew up with, I also projected that into my relationship. Especially mm-hmm. when it comes to a man and relationships yeah. um, with their partner. Usually that, if, um, if there's issues or you know something that maybe you're doing wrong, could use improvement or something. You, it might have something to do with... Um, your relationship with your mother that might need to be healed. Yeah, it's true. Um, or something growing up. So, you know, I looked to that. And yes, there was a lot. And then I would project it into the relationships. So it, it did highlight that as well as, you know, almost a reliance uh, on my mom for so many different things in my life. Um, you know, I mentioned that I was in special, um, special needs classes yeah. growing up through elementary school and middle school and even into high school and college. Like, I was allowed to get extra time if I wanted. I never did it um, because I just hated the idea of not being in the same area as someone else or, you know, being given a little extra, being treated differently than, than most people. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in like seventh and eighth grade, I started getting sick of these special classes and I'm just like, okay, what do I have to do to get out of this? Because it doesn't feel right to me. 
Um, yes, I'm not great at school right now, but I, and yes, school bores me, you know, I feel like a lot of the stuff you guys are teaching is useless. Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, yes, there is, I'm not great. I'm not the smartest person in the world, but at the same time, it, this doesn't feel right to me. This doesn't feel like it's something that I need. So it's like, okay, well, yeah, you, you get good grades and then you can get out of this. And I'm just like, okay. So then I got on honor roll and then I ended up getting out of those classes. And yes, my grades took a hit then a little bit when I went to high school, but the problem is still like elementary school, middle school, my mom was still helping me with homework and projects and stuff. High school, still, if I, my mom would give some assistance with stuff. Um, even when I went to college in Suffolk, it was like that still reliance. And when it came to planning vacations for myself, my mom has been, you know, a lot. And it's really positive to have that support from a parent, but it can also be to your detriment. Yeah, that's um, true. Because then you almost don't know how to survive in the world as well. And, you know, it comes from a really good place and a loving place with good intentions. Of course. Um, you know, it also, everything has its pros and cons in life, and it does yeah. come with its negatives as well. So there's, there's a variety of different places where those attachments, um, those issues would come from that would then be projected into other areas of my life. So once you started to have these like self reflections, do you what kind of in those moments? How did you kind of tackle those, and how did you progress from there? Um. So you know, there's a bunch of different things. Just trying to maneuver this. Yeah. I'm probably gonna <laughs> leave it off because so I don't have. Yeah, to mine like thing. fell on the floor. You're just like yeah, it's better there. I was like, <laughs> I'm not gonna pay mine, <laughs> but it happens. So there's a few different things. Um. You know, speaking, um, communicating with my mom a little bit and like going back into the past and just talking about stuff. And in some ways it can be very healing and very helpful. In other ways, it can open up new wounds. That's um, true. Because yeah. my situation specifically, it felt like, you know, like I was attacking her. And like, oh, you think I'm a horrible parent? No, you're not. No one is a perfect parent. No one is a perfect kid. I was a huge pain in the butt as a kid. Yeah. Um, and no, I will admit that 100%. But I would throw temper tantrums all the time and screaming and whatnot. And then I would get thrown in my room while crying. And then that, you know, that, then I, and then I, advice. yes, then I had my own issues then growing up and being like, yeah. okay, well, when I express myself, then. It's uh, there's punishment, so I, I need to bottle things up in a lot of ways. So then I just kind of retreated to the basement, and I would play video games a lot and kind of stay isolated away from my family. And there's still, you know, some family um, walls that I need to break down, that I need to overcome, that I still, you know, have that there. Yeah. Probably because of a lot of the stuff that happened. But with the attachment to devices and whatnot being connected, with, it might be... In some ways, because I always went to the basement and always, you know, played on the system or whichever system it was and had that connection to that. It was like your um, way of coping, like your escape. Yeah. And then, but it was also very disconnected from the world. So then, you know, being in that space where you're very much in solitude and uh, very introverted. And I always, you know, was more on the introverted side. But then, you know, I didn't get a cell phone until, what was it like? <laughs> Oh my god. Like ninth grade. 
<laughs> now people get them at like the age of five. I know, an iPhone true. or an iPad. I'm just like, oh, da- I didn't get a, f- and I didn't want it because it was such a crap phone. Too, that I'm just like, <laughs> what kind of you know what? I made it this far without a phone. I don't need it, and I wish I never took. No. I actually had like a flip phone in high school at one point. That was still better than the one that I had. <laughs> what did you <laughs> it was have? like a toy. It literally <laughs> felt like a toy in my hand. I'm just like, oh, I don't no. want it. I don't need it. No. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, then coming, getting to that place where you're in a world where you're able to communicate with people, yeah. and when you spend so much of your life in solitude, yeah. in a lot of, in so many different ways, it's like. And now I can just communicate to people and get attention that I didn't have, that I, maybe I wanted, but, you know, didn't have, and it could just happen. So, you know, then it, it almost formed an addiction. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've heard some things about Pisces that sometimes they can have addictive personalities. I don't know. Are you a Pisces? Yes, I am a Pisces. Uh-huh. I hear that they're very beautiful. I still have to look more into that. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone has their pros and cons. That's true. I say though. that any... Um, yeah. you know, anyone is better than the other, but, um, yeah, so, you know, that's probably formed that attachment there in a lot of ways is being in that space of most, so much of my life being in solitude for so many different reasons, whether it was, um, you know, maybe some resentments or something built up against, you know, maybe my sisters for one reason, or maybe against my mom for another reason, or, well, I didn't have my dad in my life most of my life, and then there was my stepdad. So there's so many different things that, that factor into it. Yeah, of course. Um, and, you know, being, um, having, like, my dad removed from the house and a divorce on my birthday, and then, like, there's so many different things that kind of factor into that. And it's just like, oh, now I have access to this this kind of attention. And in in some ways, it almost seemed like I was trying to build my family, build a mm. family outside of my family, almost like I was, like, pushing them away in some ways. Um, so yeah, you know, that's, there's, there's a lot of different ways and this is just stuff that's just coming up right now. That's okay. <laughs> that's yeah. going to be, you know, a whole nother meditation for me. And my meditations lately have been sick. What's uh, <laughs> the most recent one you've had? Um, I actually posted about it and it was about, it was 22 minutes long of cold meditation outside at about 5.33 in the morning and it ended at 5.55. It was 35 to 38 degrees. It was outside. And that was 22 minutes and then I went to my basement. Yeah. My space. <laughs> and it's a much, you know, more positive environment now. Yeah, obviously. Of but I did two hours and 40 minutes of meditation down there. Wow. And... I actually was just hiking with one of my friends upstate, and she brought one of her friends, so now she's one of my friends as well. So I was hiking with my friends upstate and was telling them about, you know, this meditation, and they're just like, or she specifically was like, it sounded like my experience when I was on mushrooms. And I've never done anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, I've never, I didn't even see marijuana in person until like a year ago, I think. Um, so like, I, you know, I never smoked it. I didn't, haven't had edibles to my knowledge. To my knowledge, unless somebody like smoked yeah. one. Um, I drank alcohol, you know, once in my life. Like I, I don't really do too much. So I've never yeah. done shrooms. I'm not saying that I won't do shrooms. I'm not saying that there won't be a high loss. If my, if my, it'll be very, very intentional. Everything about me is very intentional. I meditate on it first and something like that would be a very deep meditation. So 
with this meditation though, the fact that it's being almost compared in some ways to, um, to a trip on shrooms, it's like, we're able to get to these levels and these different levels of consciousness and, um, really expand ourselves in such a way that by ourselves with breath work and with meditation and with, you know, all these different healing modalities that we don't really need the external force. Like it can be great. And I wish it was legal so that there could be more studies on these things. It's just like cannabis is now legal, which is great. And I'm su- very supportive of its legalization. I don't, I wouldn't smoke it, but I think that there's benefits to it. To it, yeah. And now that there's more studies, you know, we find that there's some negative effects to smoking it. You know, we legalize it, we study it, and then we learn more about it. So I think that there's better ways to go about it. There's wax and there's the edibles. And, yeah. Um, but I wouldn't smoke it. And like I said, I wouldn't say that it's not on my journey. But if it feels called to it, then I'm going to go in that direction for sure I, to continue the expansion. Yeah. I do like the fact that you mentioned that we can reach those higher states of minds without necessarily taking psychedelics or any um, drugs per se. But I feel like sometimes we lack that discipline because mm-hmm. sometimes it is painful. Like we were talking earlier when you pulled the message how sometimes you know, becoming your best self Mm. has a lot of pain attached to it. And sometimes I feel like people shy away from it, and that's why they go towards... Well, it's all so desirable. So... And there's very many differences. I don't know if you're a Star Wars fan. Um, I'm not. Yes, you're not. So this, this doesn't resonate with you. I mean... But Yoda is, um, you know... Yoda is the most powerful freaking force user in the whole Star Wars universe. Yeah. And can take on anyone. 900 years old. Pure, like, light energy stays in the that path of light yeah. Jedi. Um, and then there's, you know, those dark side users, fraction of his age, that are, that become powerful so much faster. And Yoda says, you know, when asked a question, is the dark side more powerful? Mm. And he's just like, no, it's not more powerful, it's quicker. And it's obviously, you know, psychedelics, mushrooms. Mushrooms is probably the healthiest form of um, drug that there is out there. Um, Obviously, you know, like I said, legalization, more studies, great stuff would come from it. Yeah. Um, But, you know, it's one of the healthiest ones from the knowledge we have so far. And I'm not saying the dark side is based in hatred and anger and all these different things. So this is like something from Mother Earth. So it's got its benefits. And I'm not, you know, going against that. And I would advise against the abuse of any such thing. Of course, yeah. But, you know, I think it has its benefits for sure. However, yes, we can get to that level without it. But it's a shortcut. Exactly. And shortcuts can be tempting. You know, mm-hmm. cheat codes in video games are tempting. They're fun sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so there's so many different ways to look about it. And you have to take into account, too, my meditation was three hours long. Yeah. You know, this mushroom, I, I've, like I said, I've never done it, but it, is it instantaneous? I, Does it get you there instantaneously? Honestly, I've never taken shrooms. <laughs> yeah. um, but right. I want to say maybe there's like a 30 window. Like... I don't know, 30-minute window? I was three hours. I was going on for three hours with my meditation. So it's quicker. Yeah. Um, You know, and 
maybe it is beneficial in some ways. Yeah. Maybe, like I said, there will be a point in my journey when I'll feel called to using it um, to expand in my journey. Right now, it's not the time. There will be a huge amount of intention and meditation to get me to that point yeah, to be course. like, okay, this is right for me. Um, but there's there will be a lot to, that goes into it. And even like when I posted on Instagram and Facebook about this meditation specifically, like even my dad had commented on my Facebook. He just like sounds like an LSD trip. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> How do you know, Dad? No, breath work <laughs> and meditation. Thank you. I know this season I wanted to kind of center it around the different perspectives everyone has Mm. on love. So I want to know, like, on the couple different meditations that you've done so far, like, has anything about love kind of come up and what can, what did you take away from it? What can we take away from it? Um, so with my meditations and love... I've I've listened to a bunch of different speakers on love. I was actually listening to Teal Swan on the way here. I don't know if you've heard of her. I have. I would I would follow her. She's she has some really beautiful advice, and also very much relationship um, centered in some of her talks as well. Um, but with my meditation, I mean, I've had visions, um, whether they be visions, whether they be premonitions, whether they be desires, dreams what's meant to be in another universe or what is in another universe what would have you um i've had a bunch of different things come up with you know who i'm meant to spend the rest of my life with um and you know there's so much that comes up with like oh well this 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 stuff doesn't come easy like nothing is nothing that's really the best is going to come easy and issues within a relationship that I've had that show like have showed these different areas within myself that need healing sometimes I get to a space and I would still feel like you know a little angsty from it or like something didn't feel right or I would get upset about this or whatnot and then in my meditations sometimes it would show like how surface level that frustration or that that angst was or like how it unnecessary it was or how i was in the wrong in some cases mm-hmm. just like you know this is really this is really a me thing this isn't yeah. a we thing this isn't a you thing this is really a me thing that's still there's something that really needs to be you know looked over with me that's true. so sometimes you know we we have the impulse and we we jump to things and we always we we never want to be accountable. We never want to you know take the blame. Just like, all right, my relationship is not good because of me. No one wants to say that. Yeah, I admit to not wanting to take accountability sometimes for myself or my own actions. But in order to maintain a healthy relationship or to finally be able to develop one with someone else, mm-hmm. you have to be able to hold yourself accountable oh yeah and you know that's even a form of you know loving yourself as well yeah it's true Um, 
and that's another thing that comes up too is just self-love i've done so much different healings and so many different things to kind of build this love because i i really like immersed myself in self-hatred for most of my life that was similar to what i would rely on was like that really dark energy the dark side side. (laughs) like anger and and hatred and you know sadness and, and all this other stuff um so I would either be motivated by two things. It would either be these negative emotions or it would be someone else. Mm. Um, so. That's, I feel like that is something that I used to be motivated by too. I remember when I used to get into relationships, I would kind of lose touch with myself and pour mm. so much into other people and they kind of became my reason of being mm. in a sense. And once I started to realize that, you know, just as easily as I can pour into someone, they can easily take away that from Mm. me. Like, they can take that power away. So I had to start learning how to really kind of, I guess, provide for myself the way I did for Mm. others. And I think that was the hardest step because I never really felt like I was worthy Mm. of, like, my own love yeah and that that's i think it's still a challenge and it's still something i'm kind of navigating on how not to lose myself because now i've kind of developed this very highly independent personality Mm. in a sense where i don't want to get to where i know i can be yeah yeah it's it's difficult and everything in life has a balance um you know i was very in a space where I was very codependent and my partner was in a space where she was extremely independent because she had to do everything herself her whole life. Yeah. Um, you know, a very toxic mix. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's finding that balance of what's, what's right, what you feel into yourself and with, within my meditations, you know, that's where all of my guidance comes like, when I'm making, especially when I'm making big decisions, like the three-hour meditation that was really meant to, um, you know, bring me to a, a decision that I was looking to make. Yeah. Um, when, whether, and that's, you know, how I, how I make a lot of things moving forward. It's very intentional and very focused. So, yeah, yeah in, it, I'm, I'm not there. I'm still growing. I'm still working on it. But it's like finding that balance just like, you, if you're too independent, you know, then you'll start to push people away when they yeah. care. And it's okay to, especially like some people think that marriage is dying and like the oh, idea yeah, of yeah. marriage is dying. And I'm like, I don't believe that, you know, it's, a, it's more about like people don't really want to work on things. That's true. Um, or don't know how to work on things, I guess. And especially... That's true. I'm not a therapist, you know, I'm not certified or anything like that, but I don't fully trust the process, I guess, in some ways, because I feel like in so many different aspects of stuff like couples therapy, it's it revolves around money. Everything in this world really oh, well, yeah, that's revolves like whole, around money. So it's that's like... That's a whole conversation in its own. They almost... And pharmaceutical industry, same thing, medicine, yeah. in a lot of ways. It's about not really the cure mm-hmm. it's not about fixing or solving the problem well, it's I about like 
putting a band-aid on yeah. it, making you feel better. I was better. just going to say that. I and then f- you'll take the band-aid off at some point and you'll have to come back. To the to drawing keep, board. To yeah. keep that flow of income. But this is the thing. It's like we live in such a consumerism-driven society mm-hmm. that I feel like everyone has kind of been looking outside of themselves to find this cure that is never going to appear yeah. because at the end of the day, it's like in order to have a fulfilling relationship, you have to be willing to sit down and have these intense conversations oh, yeah. and be able to listen without getting defensive and listen to understand. And because I feel like we're so quick to label behaviors as toxic or narcissistic or mm. what have you, you know, we miss the idea that, of course, I'm not saying to stay in an unhealthy relationship, yeah. right? Of course, but there's a level. There's there's a boundary, you yeah. know, and, and you have to, I guess, learn that. Mm. Um, but when someone is willing to work with you, mm. and if someone is willing to put in the work, I feel like that should be taken into consideration. Oh, yeah. We uh, had this talk a little, <laughs> yeah. a little brief, very briefly, right before we jumped on, but, uh, you know, the... Jordan Peterson, who, again, you know, he's an amazing speaker. I won't agree with everything he says, but in this, <laughs> yeah. in this specific instance, he um, he talks about uh, relationships and really setting up the situation of you have to know what you want in your relationship. You want to know, you know, if if you're not happy, if you're not feeling like it's it's serving you, well then, okay, well sit down with yourself. Don't sit down with that person yet. You sit down with yourself and just be like, okay, what's wrong? What what's what am I not feeling? Is it a me thing? Like, yeah. I, I have found sometimes, not always, but sometimes within my own relationship, that is it a me thing? Is there something within me that needs to be healed and solved and move forward? And sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. So, okay. So you sit with yourself, you find out what you want, what's the ideal, what's your needs, what's your want, and write them down even. Yeah. You know, do what feels right. Um, your needs, your wants, your boundaries, your expectations, your ideal relationship setup, everything. And then come to a space where you open or open the space with your partner and they do the same thing and be like, okay, well, what, what's your ideal relationship or what are your needs? What are your boundaries? What are your wants and your, your expectations um, within the relationship to make it that real ideal that you know, nothing's ever going to be perfect, but as close as it can be, as oh, yeah. right as it can be. I said recently in in one of my posts, like, I'll never make the 100% pure right decision. Yeah. But I want to be as close to right as I can be, which is why everything is so intentional with my meditations. Now. Exactly. Um, so, you know, you come to the space and you're like, okay, well, what do you want? And you, you tell them and just like, okay, well, what do you want? And, this, and then you tell them. And you bring these two, you know, beautiful visions together. And instead of, you know, getting everything you want, you might even get more than what you want because you're getting to that space where you're, you're working together, you're a team and you're, you're bringing the two visions together to make it one beautiful vision that's even more than what you wanted or what that's could true. you would have hoped for. So yeah. um, there's really so much that goes into it and you have to be able to want to work on it, you know? I feel like this was a really brief thing that I saw. I don't think I was able to find it again, but it was, I think it was supposed to be a comedy skit, but there was so (laughs) much truth to it. I just saw it briefly on social media, but it it was like the, uh, 
people are in love with the idea of love and the or the they romanticize everything. That's true. Um, but like, does how many people I guess really know what love means or like what 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 is that? Because when stuff gets a little hard, that doesn't mean that you you back away or you get a divorce or you throw in the towel. Yeah, or you know then develop toxic behaviors or just like blame game or yell or curse or scream or, um, you know, there's other things that people (laughs) do in these situations that I won't go into, but like all these different things, like, is that love? Like, is that going to solve the problem? Or like, who, who does this serve? Like you, you make a, if you, if you at, at, at a point with marriage or what have you, and you make that commitment, it's like you, do you understand like the the power, the impact, like everything that came behind that? Um, the this one speaker, Eric Thomas, taught. He's a motivational speaker, who you know he's just a really amazing speaker. Talks about struggles yeah. with his wife that he had, and just like how she just left him. Like she, she wasn't listening to her. He was doing his own thing and wasn't listening to her. And she just like disappeared and drove all the way from uh, Alabama up to Michigan by herself. And she was done. And he talks about, you know, I, I got on the road and I drove up there. He's just like, no, you're not leaving me. You're not leaving me through a, a call or a, they didn't have text back then. Um, not leaving <laughs> yeah. me through a call or a letter, you know, you're going to look me in the face because I made a commitment, you know, I, I gave too much, you know, I stood in front of your family and I said, you know, till death and I stood in front of the preacher and God and everything around and said, till death do us part. And so many people don't know what that means. Like, do you understand the power of being like, <laughs> I do? And like, what do you do to, to further that yeah i know stuff comes in the way in life and it might throw you off and knock you for a loop that's gonna happen anyway in your yeah life. it's true if so it's not, not the relationship ha- is something else yeah so why not have that partner where you can you know set up this space and you can work through stuff and then you know it, it makes it all the more powerful and even strengthens you in a lot of cases that is true um, and then you know when it does happen just to you then you have someone that's there to help you through it and support you like it's so we're we're becoming so we just give up on on so many things so so easily and i don't know you know 100% the cause of it or the reasoning behind it but there's just so much stuff that goes into it and i feel like yeah we could go on forever yeah it's it. true um, no but you're right it's it's so much easier to just go down these rabbit holes of like toxic behavior and mm-hmm. and the yelling and the and all these things, you know, I feel like this relationship that I'm currently in has been really testing me on whether or not I can actually practice what I preach, which is actually developing a healthy relationship with someone. Um, for the most part, I feel like we've, me and him have reached a heavy point in the relationship where you start to notice the differences and how they affect the relationship and how mm-hmm. they affect each other. But one thing I admire about him is the fact that he's an awesome communicator. Mm. And even though sometimes, you know, we struggle, we always get back to a space Mm. where we could genuinely listen and genuinely speak about how we're feeling and then make a change. So I think 
you know, mm. it's a big test, but yeah. I am willing. And, you know, that's the thing, too. Like, you get into a relationship, you have to acknowledge the fact that we are always growing in life in so many different ways. And I've possibly done more growth in the last few months than I've done in the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's been so much. But, you know, we're constantly growing in life. And you have to really make sure that you keep those spaces open to realize that so that and bringing that into your relationship because otherwise it's just going to grow apart. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as your relationship, there is a level of independence that, you know, you, that you do sacrifice. Yep. And to, I mean... I guess some people, open relationships, not my thing. Yeah. But everyone's into, you know, something different thing. for everything, everyone. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to judge on that. You know, you do what's right for you. I do what's right for me. But, um, you know, you're constantly going to be growing. And if you love someone and you, you know, want it to be a successful partnership, then you have to realize that and constantly... You know, not constantly. It doesn't have to be like, oh, that time of the month or, you know, a bi-monthly thing or what have you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, maybe once you start to feel that, you know, bring it in and open that space. Like, we're still growing and make sure that we're growing together together, and rather than growing apart. Because we sometimes will grow without even realizing it in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And if we allow that growth to be so separate from our relationship, then that's going to be a problem because then there's going to be a space of catch-up where once you realize it, you're going to be like, oh, crap, I've grown so much, you've grown so much. Now there's this huge gap. Is it too late to bridge this gap and kind of you know intertwine? Like, It's good to be conscious of that that's and true. to really allow for the you know, the best path forward for you and everyone. Because if you love someone, then that, that comes with it. For yeah. Sure. Well, Ian, I think this is an, a great place to stop. Thank you so much for coming out here and recording with me and sitting down and having this amazing conversation. Do you have any socials you want to share with us? Um, like Instagram or... I mean, sure. It's Ian Atkinson <laughs> on Facebook. Yeah, it's Ian Atkinson on Facebook, but then there's Ian's Journey 111. It's got a picture of me meditating, silhouette of me meditating with the sunset on a beach. Which I think is um, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, Ian's Journey 111. One. Four ones. 111. So that's the name that I felt called to for this time. I am on a journey and I'm yeah. going, you know, very deep into it. And. Oh, that name might not be there forever, but we'll see. So I'll make sure to link it down in the description box. <laughs> but until we meet again, uh, thank you again. Yeah, of course. Anytime. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.